Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Kato. My name is Hans. I'm Edward. And we are your hosts for now and forevermore. Today's episode is quite close to home for Edward and myself. It's one that we've alluded to several times in the past, but it's not one where we've actively decided that we should speak about it with you in what is technically considered a public space or forum. Generally speaking, Edward and I will make our thoughts known on Twitter because everybody loves a good tweet. Um, Not that we've gone viral or anything, but uh, here on Gettle, we generally prefer to keep things uh, in a more formal, you know, discussive matter where we can talk and... Professionality, yes, there we go. That's a very nice way of putting it, Edward. Thank you, thank you. So with all of that in mind, today we will be speaking about how video games have a public relations problem. Now, you might listen to that and think to yourself, what are you talking about, Hans? Edward, what do you mean video games have a public relations problem? I mean, I look at video games and it looks fine to me. I see all the adverts. Uh, you know, I enjoy the, 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 the Twitters, the Instagrams, whatever comes out, the YouTube. And I don't see a problem with video games. That, uh, you know, what, what are you talking about? But, yeah, like, like all of those social webs, uh, accounts are witty enough for me. So I'm entertained. Exactly. Yeah. So what we mean by video games have a public relations problem is more from a professional perspective. So although PR and gaming looks pretty damn good from a perspective of the normal person who buys video games and enjoys them, which is who video games are created for, it is a very, very different scenario when you have to look at the video games industry from a professional perspective. If you're new to Gettle, you might not know that Edward and myself have over a decade of video games journalism behind our names. We are seasoned professionals in this industry, specifically within the South African industry. And we therefore, at least in our opinion, have the fortitude and experience to speak about this from the context of what it's like to be a journalist and having to deal with with the public relations departments of a variety of game studios and what that experience is like. Because a lot of people think it's easy. A lot of people think that, oh, it must be nice that you get all of this game code to review and that you don't have anything to do or to prove. You don't have to buy it. You just get it. And that it's all hunky-dory and amazing. But But I can tell you, yeah. Actually, we can tell you firsthand it is anything but to be perfectly yeah. honest with you, although it has had its positive moments throughout the years, I am quite, I am not hesitant to say that it's actually far more unwelcoming than many people perceive it to be. Uh, what sparks it for me, actually, at least thinking about all this now, was the tweet that, that we retweeted, I think it was last week. Uh, I've been looking for it now. Yes, um, it's from a gentleman by the name of Nick Calandra, who actually runs The Escapist. He's editor-in-chief of The Escapist, um, and he's also the creator of The Escapist Indie Showcase. So this is a gentleman it, yeah. who 
is quite a prominent figure to an extent within the video games industry, you know, from a professional um, standpoint, where he mm. obviously needs to deal with a lot of, you know, public relations people and, uh, you know, guests who speak, you know, hands-on with like developers and programmers and so on and so forth within the industry. He knows a lot of people. He's very well respected. And, you know, previously, Edward and I have spoken about things that have happened to us in the past. Negative things, you know, there've been some positive things as well. But generally speaking, you know, some of the, the, the bigger grievances we've never actually spoken about. And that's what we yeah. want to do today. We want to actually bring light to the fact that there really is a, uh, what a seemingly gross issue when it comes to video games media and dealing with companies, specifically from a public relations perspective. Unfortunately, yeah. it's not public relations as a whole, but that's how we have to describe it and view it. Because when you're dealing with people from a studio, you, it's always a PR representative. So, you know, we, I don't yeah. really want to throw PR under the bad spotlight here because I have uh, some classical training as a public relations person. You know, my, my degrees focus under that. And it's not that, you know, we're saying that public relations is evil or bad. It's just how it's done in particular from for video games leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. Anyway, um, more to the point of what uh, Mr. Calandra tweeted was how he was, um, he received, so he's been working with Sony and PlayStation for a long time. I'm not really sure where mm. he's based. I do feel it is in uh, America. As far as I understand, yeah, um, it says he's from Kansas City. So I would imagine it was, he was dealing with um, Sony PlayStation America. Mm. And the issue came in whereby, as far as I can tell, um, they weren't happy with what he was saying right yeah basically uh, he was saying that they didn't uh, and and according to him quote and unquote they didn't like his tone um yes. so yes. i'm not sure exactly what that means and he tries to to explain it further by saying that he isn't sure either um but basically that's well, what he was told look so and we also have to play devil's advocate here right yeah, this is just one person offering his one singular opinion um, you know, we, we, I would like to trust, you know, given how candid he's been with the rest of his Twitter and how we try to explain yep. the situation, you know, so I'd like to feel this is a seasoned professional. He has no real reason to, uh, you know, mislead the public. Okay. It is a possibility, yes. but, but the reason why Edward and I are actually more inclined to believe him is because it's happened to us. So yeah, we had an issue in, I think it was, 2020, if I'm not mistaken, actually, because of Gettle Podcast, where I had an opinion, I aired it, I was entitled to do it because, um, you know, we're just it's, it's an opinion. And we were also told in no uncertain circumstances how they didn't like the tone. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And let me tell you, it is not a nice email to receive, mm. you know, where you're basically being told that we don't really like what you're saying. And, um, you know, why would you say that? And, you know, you didn't say that correctly. So admittedly, for one of the things that I did speak about, I actually mistakenly mentioned the game as a re 
master when it was actually a remake. So fine, in fairness, that was my own mistake, but I'm also only human. And you know, it becomes quite difficult to start discerning between reboot, remake and remaster. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> at that point in time, that was just a, it was just a, a lingual slip. It wasn't an intentional slight against the game that I was talking about. Anyway, what I would like to mention is that after that, we didn't receive any code for almost a year. Yeah. So like most people don't know time. that. You know, no, most people don't know that. Uh, it's not something that we've really aired, you know, or spoken about. But yeah, we didn't receive code. Now, was that because of that incident? Uh, no one can really say. But, you know, it doesn't take much to put two and two together. Um, yeah. Eventually, I did have it out with the, those particular PR people. And things seemed to be okay. And then we were told that our audience is just not big enough from a local perspective. So this was an interesting thing to me because we get over 300,000 hits a month minimum on our website, which we write for and we do things for. However, of that, it's a much smaller percentage. I think it's maybe uh, two, four, it, it might be between two and 5% are only South African hits. So we were yeah. then told, oh, the reason why we're not being supported anymore is because our local presence is too small. Mm. Now, this is where the conundrum comes in, because how are we supposed to grow a local presence if we don't get supported locally when we are local? And international yeah. won't support us because we're not based in another country. <laughs> so it becomes like a vicious circle of, okay, so we're not being supported now because our local audience is too small, but because we're not being supported at all, it's not possible for us to grow the local audience. To add to that, it, it should also be noted that the fact that we were taught that was also very much a cop-out. We were taught by, by, by other um, parties that it, it's very much not the case that they are uh, that they look at those specific statistics. Yes. No. So we're, we're purposefully not naming names on yeah. the podcast right now for a variety of reasons. Um, but Edward is yeah. right. We had a lot of other industry people whom, when we spoke to them about what was going on with us, and you know, after a decade of being in this industry and a decade of support mm. from pretty much everybody, it was a very unusual situation. And many of yeah. them couldn't understand because they were seeing streamers with like 50 Far followers less. which were getting yeah. code there were other websites which were brand new some of which weren't even a year old that were receiving code you know there was a lot of inconsistencies mm. now before i speak about that because i do want to speak about that in a moment is i do want to say that words were had and we have once again been supported from, uh, you know, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to leave it as, you know, they're, they're unreasonable or they weren't willing to work with us or whatever the case is. You know, it, it happened and it seemingly seems as if things are okay again. They're not quite where they should be in order to allow us to grow properly. And by, what I mean by that is we still don't get uh, very many embargoed codes. Um, like there's a particularly large game at the moment where uh, we haven't been considered, which is fine. That's a... Uh, entirely up to the uh, prerogative of the PR and the companies here. Yep. But what's interesting is there are other sites who've received the code, um, actually multiple copies of the code when the sites are effectively 
the same company. But that's a yes. that's some, that's a, another issue, which which all really comes down to, you know, if the public relations people actually did their due diligence, they would know. Yeah, I don't really want to yeah. get too much into it. It's not, you know, it's just one of those things. Because ideally, you know, I don't want to blame publications here. That's not my aim for this this discussion. Um, mm-hmm. It is very difficult industry to get into. First of all, there's, you know, it's a constant. You constantly have to fight tooth and nail for support from people. You know, they always need to know stats. They need to know how you're doing. They, you know, there's uh, there's just all sorts of things, right? So it's a difficult industry to get into. But I, th- I suppose the, the biggest issue is how rarely public relations people do their due diligence. And um, what's interesting about that is that when due diligence occurs, it's generally because another publication decided to report you, which is um, a whole other can of worms altogether. <laughs> Edward, would yep. you like to elaborate or talk about it or offer an opinion here? Because I'm trying to be very mm-hmm. diplomatic because I'm not interested in uh, dragging anybody. That's not my my aim in this uh, this, that's, that's podcast. It should be said that it's very much a back and forth. It's PR relationships, or at least relationships between us as media publications and PR, um, who then go to to video game um, distributors and publications themselves, or publishers rather. Um, it's it's all a relationship, and if you can. If you are lucky enough to, to, to work with a good team, even if there are um, something or grievances that need to be aired, if as, as long as it's done professionally and we all know where our boundaries need to be, like we are media, we're going to, uh, I am going to say it as it is. And they know that. And if they don't it's- like it, then they, they simply aren't professional. If if they just stop working with you, you see, um, and yeah. at the end of the day, it's it's it, it kind of feels like like favoritism in a way. Even though I'm not look not the, entirely so something fair that, to say that and I have have often seen. And again, this is anecdotal. There's no evidence. There's, yes, you know, this is just what we've noticed. Is yeah. a lot of the times it comes down to relationships, as in yeah. how friendly are the influencers and professional journalists with the public relations people. Mm. Uh, One of the the best examples we've seen was how there was this uh, certain person who doesn't speak very nicely in terms of the words they use to people. Um, And this person was was, thought it was absolutely hilarious to show a screenshot of a conversation that this person was having with a PR professional. Yeah. And, you know, we just looked at that and we were like, that is actually incredibly unprofessional. However, what was interesting is because they were so friendly, this person just got support regardless of whether or not they were doing a good job. Yeah. And uh, that's a very much a trend in the industry in which we're in. The friendlier you are with the PR professional, the more benefits you get. Whether that mm-hmm. might be code before the time, you know, more embargoed code, or maybe you get chosen to do 
um, certain giveaways or unboxings over over others. You know, again, it is very much the prerogative of the PR people. You know, we're not saying this is not a, a, a oh, you know, we don't get supported enough. Or that's not what we're saying here. We're just saying that if you have to look at um, how difficult it can be, it obviously becomes more difficult when a PR person starts becoming biased because then what ends up happening is is you start having content that with all due respect is really not of a uh, of a high enough quality or caliber to be even considered on the international stage taking front and center and opportunities away from outlets that really do better work that's really it at the end of the day and you know i yep. say that from a holistic perspective even if you had to take us out of the race, you know, and we were just on the outlines watching watching things and seeing how they transpire. I mean, I've seen some really good local sites pop up over the last couple of years because some of our bigger sites have shut down and they're still struggling for support. They're not yeah. being favored, you know. Um, even some of the bigger ones that we have locally are still, are still struggling, not being favored by some of the PR. Mm. And yet then... There are the the others, the the random influencer who has no following, who's never done anything, but they're consistently getting code and free product. And you're kind of just looking at this and you're like, okay, well, that's interesting because first of all, um, what, how are they contributing to the global stage, you know, from a quality mm-hmm. perspective? And then secondly, where is the disclosure? So that's a, that's that's a big, big one thing. that I would actually very much like to speak about right now with Edward. Yeah. And all of you who are listening. We are very strict when it comes to disclosure. We receive something, we mention it. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how small it is. We firmly believe in disclosure. Now, when it comes to our reviews, whether it's hardware or software, it doesn't matter. We do not accept any form of payment. We just never have and we never will. It doesn't matter if I'm doing a video for a product or if we're just doing written work or even if it's just a post on social media. We do not accept any form of payment. Now, generally speaking, if something comes after we've done something, so like uh, recently we received a, uh, a press kit for a game that had already released, but this wasn't promised at what we weren't even told about it. This was just a nicety two weeks after having reviewed a title. Like mm. from that perspective, I'm a bit like, you know, that's, that's kind of okay. It's unnecessary. It's not expected. But that's okay. Yeah. It wasn't as if we were agreed to before we started the review period of how we're going to pay you X amount to do a video or an X amount to do a podcast or we're going to give you multiple copies that you can have and give away before you even do the review. And exactly. yet that happens on a consistent basis here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that actually reminds me of when we were like offered a laptop for uh, in exchange for its review. Um, way well before um, we even <laughs> we even a- agree to anything. Ah, uh, um, yes, good times. A company that we do not have a working relationship with because I emailed them back and I said, "Look, we do not accept any form of payment for review purposes, and that includes receiving product." Yeah, we never heard from them again. That includes press literally. releases. Yeah, literally, that was it. It was a, yeah. that was it. We were just, it we ended barred. on that email. <laughs> yeah. It's, 
it and wasn't even sorry. okay cool we'll let you know <laughs> it's just no, like okay. it was just, it was just it's been radio silence ever since then so that's a company yeah. we, we don't actually have a working relationship with um At all, yeah. which is uh unfortunate because we would like to oh I, I still remember this was one of my best uh we were we were asked what our previous scores were for a particular title and when we gave it to them, we were politely declined code forever thereafter. <laughs> so <laughs> eternally, literally. Yeah. It's just, you know, ethics are in place for a reason. There is, as a journalist, you have responsibilities to the people who consume your content. You need to be as unbiased and honest as possible. You cannot be unbiased yeah. and honest if you are receiving payment or product for anything to do with the review. doesn't matter if yeah. it's a social post, written work, or a video. If you are being paid in any way for anything to do with the review, that immediately crosses an unethical boundary. Yeah. That's it. It's, that's it to the point. And yet we see it time and time again. There are mm -hmm. people who will purposefully make sure that they are always paid for the work that they do. And you're just like, then there's no disclosure. <laughs> That's another big issue that we've often had is how often PR people on behalf of companies will actually ask for to pay us for links within an e a review or mm -hmm. whatever it is, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. And we always deny. And uh, that has deteriorated a lot of relationships. Yeah. Working relationships, like, uh, which has very, been very interesting to the point where we were like, well, you know, that's okay. Uh, you know, if you don't want to support us, don't support us. We'll just it's, uh, it's actually, buy the stuff at retail. <laughs> it's actually interesting um, because e even some of the, co the good companies that we do have good relations with, even they have, have in the past... Um, come to us and emailed us and said, listen, when you do review this product, whatever you say, can you link back to the shop or whatever that yeah. we've had? And then we will just say, sorry, no. And then they'll yeah, professionally the be about. like, yeah. okay, cool. We, we, we respect that. And again, it, it all goes back to, to relationships and what's how PR should treat us with, or well, everyone and that's, how that's a, a they good point. are treating everyone. So we, we, yeah, we've spoken a lot about how we think people shouldn't be treated. So what, what yeah. do we think they should be? So that's quite simple mm. from our perspective, really. It's yeah. give us the support we need without crossing any ethical boundaries. Yeah, you know, regardless of how well easy. you know us. Because as much as it's a relationship, you know, for example... It's also business. It's work. You know, yeah, that's I, exactly. for, like, for example, if I go and place an order um, at a local online store and, uh, and a, one of the team members emails me telling me that my, my product is on the way, you know, I'm not now going to strike up a conversation with that person to determine how they <laughs> invite are, them to a bride. You know, invite <laughs> them over for, yeah, it, it just, it doesn't make sense. Now, of course, yeah. I don't, what I mean by that is, Professional relationships need to remain professional, in my opinion. There's nothing wrong with with becoming close with a uh, public relations representative, for example. Yeah. But they should always remain professional. And often that's how Edward and I run things. So 
you know, yes, we will on the odd occasion maybe uh, have a bit of an email back and forth with some of our PR people that we, we liaise with on a, on a weekly basis. And that's about the extent of it. It's not that we're now taking their numbers and WhatsApping them on the side and asking how, you know, how they're going. You know, with all due respect, I feel, at least from my perspective, Edwin, you, you can tell me from yours, I have enough going on in my life that it is already very difficult to maintain my current close relationships with my family and friends that now for me to have to put on airs and graces and be fake, like have a fake relationship is just too much work. Sorry, Listen, not sorry. I'm too old <laughs> to be fake in a relationship. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, if it's just the boomer in me speaking, but it's, it's unnecessary effort and worries and it, it creates more issues I just, than it Yeah, than I just it feel, why is it that, you know, I just feel, and you know, we've had this in the past. We've literally had, I have had a public relations person actually email me and tell me the reason why they don't support us anymore is because I'm not familiar enough with them. Literally. Yeah, I, which I literally makes that. zero I, I remember sense. sharing this with Edward and I was flabbergasted because I was like, We're, your relationship with me is a professional one. It is not yeah. my job to be your friend as well. As a public relations person, it is your job to ensure that when you provide press releases or code or whatever the case it is, two outlets that you have done your due diligence to ensure that the outlet is of a high enough quality and caliber to do the the to do the the sent articles justice and what i mean by that is not justice in giving a high score justice as in the people who are using the press releases or the code are going to take the time necessary to do a proper job in reviewing or publishing said content right? With mm. their own opinion in an as unbiased manner as possible. It is not the outlet's job or the people who are at the outlet to make friends with you as a PR person, to find out how you're going in your daily life, what's going on, what do you need? That's not what this is in terms of a relationship. This is a professional yeah. relationship. It's not a relationship in the, in the sense of you are now best friends and you need to share what happens in your daily life. You have a job to do. So does the journalist. And the way that this is meant to work is that when the journalist has a query, the public relations person should respond in an adequate time frame. Exactly. It's not about, oh, you know, we're not supporting you anymore because you didn't ask how my day went yesterday or how my weekend was, or you don't know that I've been going through a difficult time. Look, I understand we're all people. Now, please don't misconstrue what I'm saying here. Edward and I are very polite all the time because... Everybody's human. I, want, I wouldn't want to receive a harsh email. And, you know, we will ask, how are you? We hope that you're doing well. But it's a professional courtesy to do that. It's not yeah. a means of me now, oh, I'm going to delve into what's wrong with my PR agent when I have 15 others to talk to on the same day. It's just yeah. not <laughs> possible. It, it just isn't. Yeah. And then also maintain all of your other real relationships. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, it's too much. It's, it's, it's a big issue that we've experienced a lot, actually, um, mm. where, 
look, I suppose it's also human nature. You know, if I must play devil's advocate, you know, it's human nature to, if you have a nicer relationship with somebody that we start preferring them. But that then mm. is not the job of a public relations person. It's not your job That's- to prefer somebody over somebody else. It is your job to ensure that whatever product or game that you're handling is being represented in as a best way as possible. Even if the, the review is negative, as long as it was well written and well thought out and um, had good and valid points, it doesn't matter if the score was negative. That outlet yeah. did the job, did the job that they were requested to do. You don't have yeah. to be friends with them for it. Yeah, It doesn't make, anyway, it's uh, just one of those little things that we just often see, you know? It's it's one thing if a professional relationship turns into a casual relationship or whatever mm. you want to call it. But even then, business and pleasure should always be um, separated. It's just better way for everyone. Um, and we've had this happen to us. We, we've grown... Numerous times, yeah. Um, we, we have developed relationships with certain PR people um, yes. Or vice versa. We've had other industry people become PR people and they'll be like, hey, remember me? Um, yes. I'm your PR now. And we'll just be like, oh, cool, thanks. Um, so but it does help is, to have to that clear, candor. It always remains um, professional. That's the big thing yes. for me. Um, know, um, at the end of the day, when you get that email, that's when the professionality sets in. You, yes. you, you get... Um, and I don't know. In my opinion... All of the good companies and PR um, stu- studios that we've worked with, it's just a certain level of professional standard. <laughs> that's that's where where you draw Look, the line, I guess. We, we've spoken a lot now about PR people and yeah. from a relationship perspective. But something else yeah. I would like to mention is a lot of the times there are people in PR that handle products or services who have no idea what those products and services are about now that's fine because a mark of a good public relations person is that they have a very particular skill set which they can then Mm -hmm. adapt to um well to whatever situation that they're in and Mm -hmm. we've we've like one of some of our best relationships have been pr people saying look i'm new to this can i please have some assistance as in you know am I doing this the right way? Am I not doing this the right way? And, you know, generally speaking, it's great because then we can actually talk to them and be like, look, you're in this kind of an industry now with video games and, you know, technology. And this is actually what's expected of you from me as a, as a journalist now. This is what I'm going to need from you mm-hmm. in the future. And this is how it's going to work. And they are so generally appreciative of it. Now, yeah, um, you know, the, the reason why I, I'm I'm bringing that up, the whole... Um, you know, whether or not they, they, they should be in this industry or, or they should know about it is because a lot of the times we will receive embargoed code. So that means code that um, we've, re- we've received before a certain time that has been set for reviews to go live. And generally speaking, a lot of the times we'll get code 24 hours, 48 hours before an embargo is if due we're to lucky. lift. If we're mm. lucky, actually, no, no, actually, if we're lucky, we'll get it a week before, right? But even then, yeah, even, yeah, then, I guess. even yeah. then, the point that I'm trying to make here is that that is really difficult to do as a uh, as a journalist 
who has to juggle other work and life and responsibilities. You know, it might seem like fun and games, you know, to be playing these games early and that, but when you have to cram a hundred hour game into five days or less, you actually generally don't enjoy the experience uh, mm-hmm. because most people don't binge games like that. It's unnatural. And this is now a global issue. Okay, this is a global yes. PR issue where companies will often give codes to reviewers with such a small time frame that you often have to wonder, are they really able to review the game properly? Now, mm. we've had situations where we've then actually said, I'm sorry, we're not going to meet embargo. We just can't. It's just not possible. We've tried. We've yeah. put in 10, 15 hours every day trying to get through a game but maybe there was a game breaking bug where we lost all of our save information or something else that happened you know there are things that that can occur and then we were like well look sorry but you know we just simply haven't had enough time so we're not going to meet embargo now this is where the double-edged sword comes into play because if you don't meet embargo it means that your outlet doesn't receive the traffic that it would if you had met embargo Without the traffic, mm. it means you don't often get considered for future um, for future releases. And without that, it means that your ad revenue... It's, it's a whole cascading effect. You know, the, 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 the less traffic you have, the worse off your outlet does. That's just really how it is. That's just how it works. So it's, it's generally important to receive embargoed code. But then, of course, within reason. You know, when you have a, a 120-hour game that you need to fit into... 72 hours it's it's almost impossible and we've actually had this discussion on on Gettle as well myself and Edward where we actually mentioned or we actually wanted to turn it into a longer discussion of how generally speaking if we think a game is really good and we're playing it for that week before the embargo lifts Mm. does that score still hold because technically a week or even two is only like a general impression if we must yeah. be honest, you know, even if you finish the game, it's, it's honeymoon your first period. initial impression. Yeah, honeymoon period. Yeah. Does that still exist a month later? Now, it's not that we're saying that everyone needs to give you one, two, three months before uh, embargo or release date, because that's also just not possible. A lot of the times, yeah. games will only go gold within a month of release. Yeah. However, you know, it does beg the question. You know, how how accurate are then? the recommendations for these games yes generally speaking i would like to say that they're pretty accurate because playing a game for 20 hours or more you kind of know whether you're going to like it or not um but we have had one or two experiences in the past where you'll do that and you'll you'll thoroughly enjoy it and then Mm. like two weeks later you're not really playing anymore (laughs) you'll just never go back to the game but but it should also be mentioned that as a good reviewer and someone who critiques stuff and it as someone who's done this for a decade now um it it kind of it this exact dilemma needs to be on your mind constantly Mm. as you are going through your review process um so so i've i've often said that that reviewing games have kind of taken the fun out of games for me um but but it's more so it's more so (laughs) about the an analytical side of things i can still enjoy a game like like um i'm gonna mention gotham knights now mm. which i thoroughly enjoy especially playing it with hans um by myself i probably won't ever go back to the game 
even though I think it's a good game. Yeah. Because it is a good game, in my opinion. Um, but That's certain something that aspects I, I disagree with game. on Edward, but of course, you see... Yeah, the, so, of course, so, yeah. So, now, now this, is, this is now... I, I know we're talking about um, video games have a public relations problem. Um, yeah. Maybe, I don't know if this is entirely part of it, but what was interesting about what Edward's just said now is that often during our review period, so in this circumstance, I was lucky enough to also be able to play the game at the same time that Edward was playing the game. And I had a vastly different opinion of the game towards the end versus what Edward's opinion was. But as his editor, all I can really do is ensure that his work is of a very high quality and then to ensure that if he said something, it can be backed up with reason. It is not my job to tell him what score to, well, to give the title because it's his review. If I had written the review, on the other hand, I would then be entitled to give my score, right? So yeah. it's it's just a, it's an interesting thing, and it was quite humorous between the two of us because I told Edward that it was a distinctly average game and that he scored it too highly, and Edward was like, "Well, this is how I feel," and I'm like, "Yeah, good for you." That, that's I said great. what I it's, said. It's, yeah, it's, um. <laughs> it's it's your review. It's your review, and you deserve your opinion. You know, it doesn't matter uh, if the rest of the world thought that the game was rubbish. If you thought it was good, that's your opinion. But now, to that that's point, a, uh, uh, yeah, okay, yes. Uh, the, to that point, it's uh, and and bringing it back to PR again. Yes. It's actually happened in the past that that because of one of uh, because of a verdict that I gave, I think we were still doing um, numbered scores back then. We yes. were emailed and asked um, on uh, to elaborate on it. I can't exa- remember exactly who it was. We don't need to name that doesn't who. Matter. Yeah, but um, um, yeah. And then Hans, as my editor, even though he he hardly disagreed with me, and we even had an argument on it on, on um, our social platforms, um, <laughs> he still as my editor, backed up my score to the PR. And I can't remember what happened with that relationship. Um, but no, that, it's, the, it's, the point it's one is of the good that, that, no, it's, it's one that of the good PR ones. Would, would often come to us and be like, um, you see, why would you score it this way? And well, if actually, you respect actually, that, then it's good. It's fine. Actually, you know? it's very rare for PR to do that. And actually, yes. I, I take my hat off to PR who do because mm-hmm. in the circumstance that Edward's actually talking about now, where we did get emailed and we were like, why was this score the way that it was? Yeah. And I very promptly responded and said, this is our opinion, first of all. Mm. So, you know, it is it is what it is, right? This was, it was Edward's opinion. This is how he felt about it. And um, I then spoke to Edward about it. And I offered an additional addendum in the email of why he felt the way that he felt. And Mm. what was nice about that is what could have been uh, an an undesirable uh, communication, which we've had many of in the past with PR, is it actually turned into a really positive one because the PR person then took that feedback and actually submitted it to the company. And the I company. Now. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, you, we got it now. The company yes, then took that under advisement and said that they said thank you. They will they will take the review and what was said as well as this additional email and addendum, and they will work towards possibly improving that in a future product. And I was like, mm. thank you. That's how it should be. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Oh, you didn't give us a good enough score. We're not going to support you anymore. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's your prerogative, I guess. Not if you do yeah, your job thank properly, you. but, but it is your prerogative, <laughs> I guess, right? Yes. Um, you know, so 
you know, it is touch and go. Like we have had, we, ha- we work with some absolutely exceptional people. Really. Mm. I, uh, I don't know if it'd be fair for me to name them because I haven't named some of the m- more awful ones, but you know, we have had, we have worked with some really, really good people as well. I'm, I want to put that out there that there are certain people who consistently support us in the right way. They, you know, if we request additional, um, you know, supplementary materials or additional support, whether it's extra time and, you know, they, they, they accommodate us when we need it as in the way that we always accommodate them when, when, when necessary, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's embargo times and so on and so forth. And I also want to say something else to those people who, who really do uh, assist with us and who we have very good relationships with is we know how difficult it is for you as well. We know that it's yeah. specifically from a South African perspective, it is hard uh, often our locale will not get enough code for uh, for everybody to review. Yeah. Um, well, some do, and they just choose who they want to give it to. But anyway, That's I'm, how now, we speaking know positively, I'm um, now speaking positively yeah. about those who do support properly and do their, their due diligence. And what I mean by that is there are certain PR, which we believe don't do a very good job, which won't even read your review. I mean, I've had yeah. someone respond to one of our emails, where, where, which was like, oh, thank you so much. It's brilliant. And if they had actually read the review, Listen. they would know that we totally <laughs> trashed whatever the product, <laughs> product or, or game it was yeah. that they had sent us. Um, and that's actually a bit of a pet peeve of mine is that PR, mm. I feel, don't do their jobs correctly. They are very, yeah. they, they often just want to meet quotas and targets instead of actually... Um, looking at the work that's being done. Um, and I know I've, I've digressed now because I was actually speaking positively about the really good ones. But, but the reason why I'm mentioning this is because the good ones don't do that. The good ones exactly. don't. The good ones are the ones who will push out our review on their socials before we even email them to tell them that our review is live. Mm. You know, they're mm. the ones who will give us, um, will thank us with quotes from our reviews to say, oh, we really like this point. Oh, that point was, that was a really good point you made that some, that the other reviewers didn't pick up, you know? So it's very easy to tell the difference between genuinely good PR who are actually doing the job justice versus those who are simply doing it to fill a quota. And the quota PR are generally speaking the problem because they are the ones who don't really look at the work. Therefore, they will just give code to every Tom, Dick, and Harry, regardless of whether that person is maybe uh, simply tweeting about the game. So they're not even streaming it. They're not even writing a review. They're not doing anything. They just do like a simple Twitter thread about what they thought of it. And, you know, you look at that and you just think to yourself, how is the return on investment on that equivalent to a well-researched, well, a well-produced two and a half, 3,000 word uh, essay on a review, yeah. you know, it, or, or even a, a 10 minute long video, for example, that's been nicely produced. It's just, you know, you, 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 you look at this and you, it's, it just boggles the mind. And that's where a lot of our, you know, discomfort and why we get so disconcerted sometimes when we see this happening and then they have the audacity to turn around to us and be like, Oh, well, you don't have, the audience we require, even despite having already mentioned how large our audience actually is. It's really just a a cop-out in many, many respects. 
I mean, we've even been emailed and quite boldly been asked, oh, do you have this audience? And with a direct comparison to a different publication, which I found super rude. And yes. why? Why would someone be like that? You see, it, it makes no sense well, the to thing begin is, with. Gener- no, but it's, it's, it's not too that. personal. That's fine. But what's interesting to me is that when you can actually prove that you do, and then mm. they just don't come back to you. <laughs> yeah. Because now but, you've then actually it's been just like, a well, ghosting actually, match. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's just, it's just radio silence. Actually, that for yeah. me is one of the worst things that a PR person can do, and that is uh, radio silence. It's one of the absolute mm. worst things. Um, that issue that I spoke about earlier on in the podcast where uh, they were unhappy with what we had said about it, I called, I emailed, I messaged because I wanted to actually talk through it with them. And they mm-hmm. just ghosted. Didn't hear a single yeah. thing. And like I said, that was the year in which we received zero support. Until yeah. eventually I got through to them again and I was actually, um, I actually took my gloves off for a change. Because, you know, generally speaking, yeah. um, Edward and I are very, um, very polite. And, you know, we don't, we often will just take no as an accepted uh, but this yeah. time around, I actually fought it. And then I started bringing in examples of, well, how dare you not support us, but you'll support X, Y, and Z, who we know, point blank, don't produce the work as well as we do and um, don't have the audience that we do, regardless of whether mm. they think our audience is, you know, um, big enough or not. But yeah, but yes. Um, I hope you don't mind that we've been very diplomatic this episode. Um, we have maybe dropped one or two names here and there. I'll probably end up bleeping them out. It's just the point of this podcast was to have a discussion about it. It wasn't to yeah. name names and drag people under the bus, even though I would love to absolutely do that because <laughs> yeah. part, of me feels it, part of me feels it needs to be done. But I'm just not interested in um, in really dealing with that fallout, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. The, the, we worked the point really of hard this... to get where we are and we're not really, I mean, we are still a small publication uh, because we don't mm. get um, the advertising that a lot of other publications do. Um, and as a result, we don't have that, the means and resources to fully, fully take on a big corporation. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, all of this was more to, to shine a light on mm. how PR and the, at least in the gaming industry, um, it, it tends to, to get a little bit dirty sometimes. And people don't know that. Like, like it, when you Google PR bad, then you'll get, <laughs> oh, the top 10 PR disasters. And, and it's usually marketing related. It's never mm. actually PR related. Um, so so it's, it's worth mentioning that, that it, all of this was just to, to, to air some frustration um, yeah, and to generally say... Be Thanks better, to please. The people who, yeah, who, who <laughs> well, are better. Be better, yeah. Be better, please, to those of you who might listen to this and get offended. Because if you're being offended by what we're yeah. saying, well, sorry to say, that's maybe the shoe. Well, it's an issue that you need to deal with, and be better. Uh, for those of yeah. you who who do listen, I don't know if anyone who actually is listening in the industry. Yeah. Well, apparently, some of you do. An hour in. You report. <laughs> you, you report us to PR people. So. Uh, to you, we say be better as well. To those who have continued to support us and who really do continue to do a fantastic job, thank you. You know who you are. And you, the reason why you know who you are is because I have actually emailed you and said as much. So yeah. um, thank you to those of you who do a fantastic job. You make this 
what often feels like a thankless job worthwhile. Um, it is it is difficult. It is challenging. It's not as easy and fun as many people think it is. And mm. to have the kind of support where people understand the situations that we're going through, um, you know, and they don't favor us based on personal preferences. We thank you for your professionalism. We thank you for continuing to support us in the way that you know we will support you. And to, for those of you who are listening, what did you think of this episode? Uh, did you know about these issues that we're speaking about? You know, do you agree with us? Do you not agree with us? Who knows? Maybe somebody out there is getting offended and I'll soon be getting an email. <laughs> yeah, just, just rage at us. Let us know. <laughs> so with that in mind, this is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way through, if that is what you did. We thank you and we look forward to seeing you for the next one. Ciao for now. Bye.